What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is the Gravity Podcast, Marriage Mondays. I am one of your hosts, Chris. And I'm his other half, Jamie. And we're excited to bring content to you that explores how do we maintain our foundations? How do we keep two feet on the ground? And in this case, in the context of marriage. So I think we're going to have a little bit of fun with this, right, Jamie? Absolutely, we are. We're really going to look at that relationship, that most important relationship, the side of heaven, and what it looks like to make a healthy relationship and maybe even see some of the transparent, not-so-healthy things that we've done in our relationship. In this first episode of Marriage Mondays, we're going to be talking about the disciplines of dating. And we talk about it like that because we really think that you have to be disciplined and intentional to date your spouse. Otherwise, just everything else is just going to cram in and you're not going to have enough time to do it. Uh, Jamie and I had a lot of fun recording this. We're hoping that you enjoy it. And with that, I say we just get started, yeah? Yeah, let's go. Yeah, that's how long we've been married now. I wrote it down so I won't forget. I don't want to get in trouble. Nice. Especially not on the airwaves of podcast. Um, and one of the things that we've done well uh, is date each other. Right. Dating your spouse is super important. You don't want to arrive at the end of your child-rearing years and be like, who is this person sitting across from me? And we've been fortunate to have family uh, that has stepped in and, and helped us um, do like what we've called is the discipline of dating. Um, your mom, uh, initially, uh, coming and giving us, uh, I don't know if it was weekly or every other week dates. And then my mom stepping in. And then eventually, of course, as our kids got older, we, uh, conscripted them into, you know, babysitting their sisters cause they didn't have a choice. Nope. That was just part of being a family and serving mom and dads cause they want us to be in a good place for them. And I really think it's probably one of the bigger gifts we can give our kids is investing in our marriage uh, so that our marriage stays strong. Because quite frankly, being married is really, really, really tough. Uh, I know it's been uh, probably easy for you because I'm so amazing. but Oh my gosh, that's a different podcast about lies in marriage. Can't spell families without lies. Try it. <laughs> Try it sometime, yes. Uh, for Christmas is a reference. That's, that's classy. Uh, I like that. Uh, but yeah, we... Uh, it's been it's been challenging being married and uh, carving out time uh, that we can we can sit there and just be alone and not be mom and dad has been super important and uh, what do you think the what what do you think the biggest takeaways have been with us making discipline or excuse me with us making dating a priority? Well, first of all, let's just say that not every date is a ten. Not every date is this wonderful experience we walk away from because some of the dates, they've been bad. Some of those dates, though, that were bad allow us to like have great dates, right? Because if they're all great, that's monotonous. And if there's some bad ones, it kind of gives you a gauge of where the pendulum of really great dates are. If every date was super, then none of the dates would be super. Another movie reference. We speak through movie. 
Yeah, it makes life interesting. Hey, I like what you just said there. Um, I I sit there and think about how often we actually have uh, amazing dynamite dates. And I know I've said this to you before, and I've said it in different leadership circles, but uh, I would estimate that 25% of our dates are lousy, meaning I say something stupid probably. Facts. And then it goes south, and then we get a practice making up. Uh, and I would say about 50% of our dates are are okay. Uh, we eat some food, we have okay conversation, we go home. And I would say 25% of our dates are absolutely dynamite. Uh, we have breakthrough conversations, we have romance, there's fireworks. Uh, we'll have to leave out some of those details because, yeah, I don't know if we can say that on podcasts or not. I, we probably can. We're not going there. Okay, we're not going there. Uh, and so here's, think about the math there. If only 25% of your dates are dynamite and you uh, date each other one time a month, that means you're only going to have three dynamite dates a year, just three. Whereas if you're in the discipline of dating your spouse and you're able to carve out the time once a week. Now, here's the deal. You can have a date in your home, right? We've had a lot of at-home dates, absolutely. Sit there and make a charcuterie board, have meats, cheeses, chocolates, put on a movie, banish the children to their rooms and threaten them you know, within an inch of their lives. That's romantic, right? It's romantic and it's sit there and it's good for the marriage. Uh, and so if, if you don't have the ability to go out, you can sit there and still have the discipline of dating inside your home. Uh, and if you're in the discipline of doing it on a weekly basis, uh, your numbers are going to go through the roof. You're going to go from having three dynamite dates a year. Oh my gosh, now I'm going to need to do math. 12. You're going to have 12 dynamite days a year, uh, dates with your spouse a year uh, because of the fact that you're doing it more frequently with each other. And when I'm saying doing it, I'm talking specifically about the dates. Yes. Um, so uh, it's been... It's been good. Plus, we get to eat great food, right? I mean... We love eating great food. And I will say that we would probably have more dynamite dates if all of them were located in Cannon Beach. I'm just going to put that out of there, out there. Or the Dominican Republic. Right. Or Hawaii. Or pretty much anywhere that's like tropical and vacation-y and that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, so what do you think the recipe has been? So yes, discipline of dating. We put it on the calendar. We're going to make it happen. Uh, what's the recipe for having great dynamite dates? Can you think about, I mean, I don't know, but can you think about what has has at least set us up? Granted, it may not happen, but are there things that we've done uh, to make those dynamite dates dynamite? One of the things that we do sometimes, and I don't know how dynamite-ish it is, it might be a little bit nerdy, but we talk about things that are coming up. So literally pull out the calendars, make sure they're synced and see what is coming ahead to forecast. All right, here's the transportation needs. Here is where our kids are at. Oh, here's a special consideration. So just kind of being prepared to have these different conversations with the time that you have, because there's a lot of noise in the house, in the world, and you get distracted. But if you have this time to literally look at your schedule together, I really feel accomplished after we have dates like that. And doing looking over the calendar and coordinating doesn't sound super romantic, but it has been. I mean, it's it's giving us it's given us the opportunity to make sure that we have things covered, and I think it's allowed us doing that, uh, going over our calendars while we're on dates. I think it allows us to move past the noise in our heads. 
because we both have the busyness of life in our heads and different concerns that we have with our children and different concerns we have with each other or at work and going over the calendar and making sure that we're going to um, that we're going to have everything covered all of our responsibilities covered in the next week or or month i think has been really important for allowing us then to to transition into just enjoying ourselves Agreed. and being on our date. Uh, what else? What else do you think has has been a recipe for creating dynamite dates? I feel like something you're really good about is to ask me, what can I do to make your day go from good to great? and uh, Or to make this dream of yours happen. And admittedly, I'm not as great at asking you because usually you just throw all your dreams at me and then we kind of sift through them. It's like uh, drinking through a fire hose, yes. Right. Um, But when you ask me these different things, it forces me to take some time and think about what is it that I want to do? Because for years, like an example, is you asked what what's next for you? What do you want to do? And I kept having this growing desire to go back to school. Well, I didn't really want to go back to school. I just want the end result. And you would prod me towards this end and try and draw it out of me. And I knew as soon as I uttered the words, I think I want to do this, you'd be like, let's do it. Let's go. So I hesitated saying it. But when I finally did, like, we were just full steam ahead, fully supportive. So, um, having the intentional question of how can I support you? What do you want to do next? Making those uh, questions a priority is one of the things that I think makes it great. And I think when it comes to us listening to each other and I mean, here's the deal, we only get to do this life once. So, and within this institution of marriage, we've committed that we're going to do it together. And so listening to each other and helping each other kind of unpack that I think is important because here's the thing if you ask your spouse what do you want to do next they might look at you and say I want to take a pee in private like I don't want the kids like you know screaming mommy or daddy while I'm just trying to go to the bathroom and so I think there's times there's seasons in life that we go through where we have no clue what we want to do next we're just trying to survive through this current season that we're in and we're holding on tight and praying that nobody loses their life in the process. Uh, but again, I think you're right. I think carving out the time and asking each other uh, questions like that. What are your dreams? Uh, what, are we, what are we doing great right now? You know, celebrate our wins because the losses are going to be standing right in front of you, staring you in the face, making it very clear that this was a loss. We just didn't do something well. Uh, but sometimes we forget the wins. And... Uh, you you having the courage to step up and go back to school. I know that wasn't something you initially wanted to do, but uh, when you finally found a passion in teaching and saw the impact that you were making in students' lives and realizing that, okay, going back to school is going to make my ability to impact students' lives on a, on a daily, weekly, yearly basis a reality, um, was worth it then. Going back to something you said about living this one life, that was exactly why I eventually had the conversation with you is because I wanted to live with no regret. And I knew, I knew that if I came to the end of my life, I would have looked back and went, man, why didn't I do that? 
And for anyone who's considering doing something different, just do it. There's never going to be a good time. And you got to put one foot in front of the other to start it, you know? And so if you just start it, it's going to end eventually. This thing you've got to get through to do what you really want to do. So just take that first step. I think another thing is is being aware of distractions, meaning like our phones can totally distract us on dates. But I'm saying being aware of them instead of like eliminating them because sometimes we've been on dates and we just want to sit there and scroll through social media for a little bit, right? And show each other something funny or look at what one of our kids posted or, or something along those lines. So I don't think we have to be rigid with stuff like that, with cell phones, with social media, with something else. But I think we need to be aware of it. And there's times that we need to sit there and like hide those things, right? Like make sure that the kids uh, have, you know, 911 written on the fridge or make sure that you have someone taking care of them that you fully trust that they're going to, you know, make sure that uh, everything's okay. And then, yeah, just being aware, being aware of the distractions uh, that that could make it to where we can't focus on each other. Absolutely. I know there's been times during the date where one of us will have been on the phone and we're like, what are we doing? We are literally on a date right now. We've got to put these time sucks down and like, let's focus on each other. One of the things I was thinking about was um, sometimes you should just go out with your spouse. Sometimes you want to couple date. Now, when I say couple date, and when I'm going on a first date with this other couple, like, it's because we're just getting to know each other. Do we as couples have what it takes to form a friendship? Sometimes those dates are fun. Sometimes you just need to have a date with your spouse. But um, incorporating other people into double dating with you, it could be a lot of fun. What about the horrible dates? I mean, if we're talking about, of course, focusing on what we can do to create dynamite dates is is really where we should focus our energies. But taking a moment to look at the dates that haven't been great and what went on that led to um, to it being conflict between us and, and recognizing it so that we can then eliminate those behaviors or uh, those pieces when we're scheduling our dates. I think that's an idealistic question, but... I mean, it's all going to depend on what went on at work this week. What different stressors in life are you currently in? What storm are you getting kicked in the face with? Because all of those are going to play into the type of date we have. So um, I'm sure there's things you can do to make your date great, set the stage for it correctly. But uh, I think you just kind of have to roll with it. Yeah, I agree. I think being aware of where we're at emotionally can be important. And, you know, there's this whole uh, conversation about emotional intelligence and EQ and and knowing where you're at being self-aware and knowing where your spouse is at being other aware and, uh, and just being honest with that. Because if you're emotionally out of whack right now and you guys are getting ready to lean into a really, really important conversation where you might disagree as parents uh, or, or, or just as spouses, you, you probably don't want to have the conversation right now. You want to have the emotional intelligence to say, you know what, this is really, really important for us to t- talk about this. Uh, but can we, can we wait? Because I'm not, I'm not ready to have that conversation. 
I think that's a really wise perspective. Um, but let me just put it out there that we, in our first maybe even couple decades, I didn't even know the words emotional intelligence together in a sentence. And in hindsight, I can say, yeah, we never should have brought this up or had that conversation at that time. But now there are different things we can think about, triggers we can avoid on a date. Yeah, and uh, us bringing up exercising emotional intelligence doesn't mean we actually do that right. Facts, right. Yeah, yeah, we mess this up. We're aware of it, which makes us feel even more silly when we do it wrong uh, because we know uh, that you shouldn't go into a conversation when you're emotionally charged. Uh, but uh, I think just having the awareness, though, and and trying to exercise that. I've seen us exercise emotional intelligence, especially over the last probably five years, where uh, we give each other some space to process something for a bit before we go into some kind of really important conversation. So That's what I need, too, and it's taken us a while, me to realize it, you to honor it. Like, if you drop something on me, I don't react right away. Like, I need some time to think about what was just done or said and to have a really equalized response, I guess, because inside I may be screaming, but um, I'm just not one to emotionally lash out. So, you know, within the whole conversation of gravity, the whole purpose of this podcast, we talk about relationships, experiences and values. And I think recognizing that your marriage relationship is, in my opinion, the most important relationship you're going to have here on earth. And so recognizing that top priority, and so no matter what we're about to talk about, I want this relationship to stay strong. I'm willing to give up a lot so that we can have a strong relationship. And so being right and winning is pointless in marriage because uh, unless it is a critical life and death um, fact that we need to be right about. Like right now, um, you're driving 100 miles per hour towards a brick wall. You probably shouldn't be doing that. Let's stop doing that. Let's hit the brakes. Of course, yes, fact. Um, but short of that, short of it being a clear life and death um, issue that we need to sit there and address, pretty much everything else, uh, you have to remember that you're on the same team as your spouse. And so as soon as you have an argument, as soon as you win uh, an argument, you you have to recognize that your spouse just lost and you guys are on the same team. So if your spouse lost, you lost. And I think if we recognize that, if we keep that perspective, most important relationship, I need to give up a lot of what I think so that this relationship can remain strong. 100%. So we encourage you, date your spouse, make this a priority. Think of it like a discipline. Uh, if you're disciplined in working out, you're going to strengthen your muscles. If you're disciplined in dating your spouse and you invest time and energy into it, you're going to strengthen your marriage. So put those kids to bed early. Make some snacks for each other. Put a movie on or just sit in silence and watch the fire. Light some candles maybe. I mean, we can make this romantic. I mean, this can get all kinds of crazy if we want to. Little Marvin Gaye on the radio. Maybe that too. 
Uh, hey, if you have the ability to leave the house, leave the house. But if you don't, you don't have the finances for it, you don't have the child care, uh, then, then doing at-home dates are just as powerful, I think. They can be. The call to action is to make some space for one another so you can stay grounded in your marriage. And that is what we are all about talking about, staying grounded. There's enough noise and chaos in our world. There's enough ideas out there about, about relationships that are going to interfere with what you know to be true. So uh, let's stay grounded. Let's focus on our relationships. Let's create some experiences and stay grounded in our values and make our marriages and our family strong. Take care. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Marriage Mondays. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Disciplines of Dating Your Spouse. We had a lot of fun recording it with each other. Uh, Hey, we would really like some feedback from you. We're new at this, and there's a couple different ways that you can communicate back to us how we're doing. Uh, One, you can leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast. Uh, We also have an email address. It's chris at gravityct.com. That's Chris, C-H-R-I-S, at gravityct.com. You can shoot me an email, let me know your thoughts, and you can also give us some ideas of future episodes. So remember, friends, getting married is easy. Staying married is really tough. So go into your week and love well.